0: Now, Sarah McQuaid is a musician that many countries could lay claim to. Uh, Born in Madrid, raised in Chicago and holding dual Irish and American citizenship, Sarah has lived in Cornwall in England for almost 16 years. Her sixth album, The St. Burian Sessions, was released in October of 2021. She has been described as having one of the most instantly recognisable voices in current music with shades of Joni Mitchell in a jam with Karen Carpenter and Lana Del Rey, which sounds like my kind of jam. And if you like the sound of that, then make sure to be at Glore on... On Wednesday for the latest date on our Ireland and UK tour and delighted to say we are joined by Sarah McQuaid. Good morning to you Sarah. Good morning to you Alan, lovely to chat to you. Likewise, thanks very much for taking the, the time to uh, join us. Uh, that description, you know, some musicians sometimes when they read reviews of their music or how their voice sounds or whatever it might be, can kind of cringe. Uh, do, what, what do you make, what do you think when you hear that description of your voice and your music? <laughs>
1: I laugh uproariously, but I'm very flattered.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I were you, I would be in this. I'm only speaking particularly as a massive Carpenters and indeed Joni Mitchell fan. Was the person who wrote that, were they anyway correct? Are you into any of those particular musicians?
1: Oh, big time. Yeah, all of them. So that's why I was so thrilled and flattered. I mean, I love Joni Mitchell and i oh, Karen Carpenter, that voice, you know, and I love Lana Del Rey as well. And and I'm tremendously, it's it's kind of nice because a lot of the time when I get compared to other artists, they always evoke the 60s. You know, I get told, oh, you sound like Carly Simon. Oh, you sound like Johnny Mitchell. So it's really nice to actually be compared to, you know, somebody in the kind of current generation as well. I like that.
0: Your background is uh, very uh, multicultural. Um, I mentioned that you have Irish citizenship. Can you tell us a bit about that? Because you you worked here for a number of years and I mentioned the music press. You yourself were, uh, you've turned from poacher to gamekeeper.
1: I have indeed, yeah. I wrote for Hot Press for years and years when I was living in Ireland, and it was fantastic because it meant because I was doing reviews for both actually the Evening Herald as well as as Hot Press and writing columns and album reviews and everything. So I got to listen to loads of music and I got to. Go to so many gigs. I mean, all kinds of music. I remember um, reviewing. I got to go and see James Brown. I got to go and see David Byrne twice, actually. Um, and uh, who else? Tina Turner, you know, Dolly Parton, <laughs> Emmylou Harris, all my heroes. and And it was fantastic. And it was you know in a way it was really it was the best possible preparation for doing what i do now because i learned so much about stagecraft and performance just from watching all those brilliant artists, so many, you know, so many times. I mean, I was going out to kind of at least one or two gigs a week in those days. For and 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 it went on. I can't remember how many years it was. I lived in Ireland for thirteen years altogether, and, and then moved to Cornwall and became a full time musician back in two thousand and seven. So it was it was it was fantastic, and I feel really lucky to have been able to do that.
0: And those many years in Ireland and working. For for uh, as a music critic, did you get an appreciation for that side of of the the music world? You know, there's that old cliche about uh, music critics being frustrated musicians? You you managed to uh, make the transition successfully to being a musician. Were you like were you harbouring ambitions of being a musician even while you were a music critic? Well, it's
1: funny thing is I had been a musician I played in bands before I became a music critic but then you know I had children and they were really small and I just I just didn't see music as an option that was open to me do you know and I and I kind of thought for years I thought you know because I'm a singer songwriter and and how many singer songwriters are there out there let's face it there's so many and I and I kind of just thought, oh, well, you know, I should do what I'm good at, you know, and, I'm, and I know I'm good at writing about music. And um, and then it was only what, what happened actually, I owe it all to a great Scottish musician called Dick Gahan, who's again one of my heroes. And I'd written this guitar book all about how to play uh, guitar and the dad gad tuning. And I got contacted by the Strandhill Guitar Festival in County Sligo, and they said, listen, We've got Dick Gahan um, coming to give a workshop in Dadgad, and and he's very keen to meet you and to have you co-present the workshop in Dadgad with him. And I thought you know what, if I don't do this, I'm just going to be kicking myself for the rest of my life. So I got my guitar out of its case for the first time in about five years and started teaching myself how to play again. And I went and did that workshop and it was Dick Gohan who said to me, listen, why aren't you doing this? Why, why, why don't I see you on any festival bills? Why aren't you out touring and gigging? And I said, well, I don't know if there'd be any market for what I do, you know? And he said, there would. He said, trust me, there would. You should do it. And I thought, well, if Dick Gartham thinks I can do it, maybe I can do it. And so I owe it all to him, really.
0: Kudos to Dick Gartham. Oh, anyway, I'm sure he's thanked on every album since you became a musician.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no. it's. I, I mean, I've been very lucky in the people I've met. Um, I, I made, when I moved to Cornwall, one of the first people I met was a woman called Zoe, who had a massive great big hit called Sunshine on a Rainy Day. I don't know if it was as huge in Ireland as it was in England, but it was enormous in England. It was, you know, up in the top five in the UK pop chart. And and it was writing songs um, together with Zoe, we made an album together of songs that we co-wrote under the band name Mammon, and, and that's what really um, gave me a lot of confidence as a songwriter because before that you know even after meeting dick Gahan and everything i was still doing mostly other people's songs and folk music and traditional music and then throwing in one of my own songs occasionally and then working with zoe again it was kind of like well if somebody like that has confidence in me and wants to work with me and actually wants to co-write with me maybe this is something i should be doing so i feel really lucky to have met her as well your
0: your background in general, even as you know, aside from your years in Ireland, is, would would it be fair to describe it as nomadic? Like, what what um, influence has that played in, on your songwriting? Or you know, the, you know, having been born in Spain and raised in the US, you've lived for lengthy periods in Ireland and and in England. It's a, a lot of different cultural mixes gone on there.
1: Yeah, and again. I feel lucky because I've been exposed to so many different forms of music. I mean, within my own family, my my mother was kind of a folk singer, guitar player. She played piano as well. So she taught me to play all those instruments. But I've got an uncle who writes musical theater. I've got a cousin who's uh well he, he used to work with the dallas um symphony orchestra and now he's working with an orchestra in rhode island i forget which one but he's you know kind of got that classical thing going another cousin is an indie rock musician who who plays with a couple of different bands the swirlies in his own band mice parade and um you know tours all over the place and uh so you know i and, and he in fact he produced one of my albums my fourth album and um you know, so so I've got all that, and then I was in the Chicago Children's Choir for years, and kind of got introduced to a lot of different genres and styles, and um, and also to the professional side of touring because we used to go out on long tours all around the U.S. and into Canada, even. And you know, we'd have really full schedules with school concerts and TV tapings and evening concerts and so on. And then moving to Ireland and getting into the whole Irish music scene, um, both traditional music. And then uh, there was a great guy called Dave Murphy in Dublin who used to run these singer songwriter evenings, and everybody like Damien Dempsey and Gemma Hayes and Mundy and Patty Casey, you know, and and me, you know, we'd all get up and and do our do our couple of songs, you know. And I got to meet and Declan O'Rourke was in that as well, you know. And and all of us would be at the International Bar of uh, I think it was it is Tuesday evenings at the International. Um, And, you know, so again, got to meet so many people through that and be and be influenced by them. And then moving to Cornwall as well, which has a great music scene. A lot of musicians um, live down in Cornwall. And uh, so, yeah, it it all and it all seeps in there, you know.
0: And you're six albums in at this stage now, and the, la- the last one, the St. Perian Sessions, released during COVID. Is this tour, and a fairly extensive tour, you've, like you're doing the U- Ireland-UK kind of leg of it throughout this month and next month, and then March and April it's uh, dates in Europe, and uh, quite a lot of them. Is this your first real opportunity to, to tour that album, or did you make it out onto the road at all last year, Sarah?
1: I did make it out on the road last year, mostly just within in the UK, and I, I got over to Ireland for a few dates. I have not been back to the continent since COVID hit. I, I was actually in the middle of a German tour when it hit. I was in Berlin doing a gig, and we suddenly had to basically cancel the rest of the tour and... Jump on a ferry and get back before the borders closed. Um, so, so it'll be quite emotional actually going out to to Europe again for the first time. And I'm also hoping to get over to the USA for the first time since COVID this coming autumn. Um, and but but yeah no I did do I have been doing a bit of touring. Um, so uh i've 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 had the album out for a while actually now, so on this tour I'm kind of doing a mix of material from my back catalog as well as some tracks from the new album and and in fact a, a, at least one track that I haven't recorded yet at all so it's it's and it's just so wonderful to be out there and gigging again and and performing to real live audiences, human beings who are in the room with me it's I can't tell you how wonderful it is I'm still quite you know quite emotional about it.
0: And you're six gigs into the current tour and I take it from what you're saying there that they've been great experiences just to see faces looking up at you and enjoying the music again has been fantastic.
1: Oh, big time, big time. It's been so, so lovely. Um, And, you know, and it and it's it is tough at the moment to to get audiences out. I mean, none of the gigs have been as well attended as I think they would have been before COVID. I think a lot of people are understandably still nervous. A lot of people are kind of feeling the pinch with the cost of living. A lot of people, I think, just got out of the habit of going out to live events. You know, they kind of kind of got used to staying home and enjoying their own company. Um, but the people who have been come out who have come out have been wonderful and really enthusiastic and, and I think we're all just just so happy to be out again together and, and I've been really enjoying that and I'm really looking forward to the rest of the tour as well.
0: And you are playing uh, Glore, the studio theatre in Glore uh, on Wednesday as part of that tour. Have you played Claire before Sarah and, and what, what can the audience expect?
1: I haven't actually played Claire before. um this is this is the first time um I, I, as far as I know no, I think I might have done. I, I think I might have played it at a little folk club in Ennis years and years ago. I think when I was still living in Ireland, but it was just a few songs. I don't think I did a full gig there to my recollection. So and it, definitely my first time at, at Glore and I'm excited about that because I know the venue. It's a lovely venue. I think back when I was still writing about music, I went to a gig there. And and it'll be nice to be in the studio theater, which is a nice intimate setting. And I'll be playing a bunch of different instruments, um, acoustic and electric guitars. I uh piano or keyboard depending on whether there's i can't remember if the studio theater has a has a piano i might just be playing my keyboard um uh, drum as well i play a floor tom drum on a couple of tracks and uh, and just really mixing up the material from my own albums a few covers uh and, and just trying to keep it entertaining and interesting for the audience really
0: Sure, it'll be a good show and we're going to give people a flavour of what they can expect. We're going to play Charlie's Gone Home now from the St. Berrien Sessions. Uh, Sarah, the best of luck with the show on Wednesday and the rest of the tour indeed, which has taken you uh, from Ireland and the UK into uh, continental Europe right up until the end of April. I hope it all goes well and thanks so much for joining us this morning.
1: Thank you so much. It's been really lovely chatting to you. Thanks a million, Alan.
0: Take care. Sarah McQuaid there. And here is Charlie's Gone Home from Sarah's album, The Saint Sessions. <laughs>
2: There's an endless supply And he tells them so well Station, I'm sweeping the floors now. Changing the sheets and organizing the kitchen, and the house is so quiet, it feels so strange. Only one hour, and everything's changed, it seems so.
0: Isn't that lovely? Charlie's Gone Home by Sarah McQuaid from her most recent album, The St. Burian Sessions, which was released in October of 2021. And if you like the sound of that, you can hear that and more from Sarah when she plays at the Studio Theatre in Glore on Wednesday. I'm sure that'll be an absolutely fantastic show.